Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. This is John Roca, one third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. Everybody to another live episode of the Geek Buddies. <laughs> hey, what a back s- snazzy right? countdown! <laughs> I guess something I wanted to add. You know, it's a holiday season, got a little snow in it, so I thought I had a little fun today. Uh, but thank you all so much for joining us live. This is the Geek Buddies live. It is happening. We're all in our respective places. Coming to you live to talk about so many things. Going to get into uh, some Spider-Man 3 casting rumors. Going to get into uh, HBO Max and the fall off from all of that with Nolan and Legendary and sort of other people like uh, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot. Going to get into that Cobra Kai Season 3 trailer. And just for fun, we're going to talk about that new Tyler Hawkland Superman suit as uh, all three of us have had our opinions strong or otherwise about Superman suits in the past. So a lot of fun for us to be talking about. I am one of your hosts, the outlaw, John Roca, uh, joined as always by my brother in the middle there. I am Michael Vogel, his brother in the middle, uh, a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, but mostly his brother in the middle. That's what it says <laughs> on my business cards. That's the new sitcom. And, uh, and and joining us once again, thankfully so, sitting in for Shannon McClung, our honorary fourth geek buddy, Mike Kalinowski. How are you, Mike? Uh, hello, gentlemen. Uh, I, t- I doff my cap to you both. <laughs> I doffed my Santa hat, Mikey Kirsten. Yeah, yeah. uh, we're getting into so many things. Uh, and for those of you who are new to the show, thank you so much for taking a chance on us, whether you're watching us live, watching us later, or listening to us on the podcast stream. We very much appreciate it. For those who are who have been with us for a while, thank you very much for staying on the train, on the Geek Buddies train, as the family keeps growing and the buddies 
keep getting more and more uh, uh, populist uh, in our uh, in our show here. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Um, if you don't know, this is how the show works. Each one of us brings up a geek news item. We all talk about it. Then we take a little bit of a mini break and get into our main topic. And our main topic, how can it not be, is the Spider-Man 3 casting rumors and what it all means. And if there's a Spider-Verse coming and how much of a Spider-Verse there might be coming. Uh, but yeah, remember the Streamlabs and the Super Chats are open. And later on, I'm going to put the link for the StreamYard link for people to come in live to ask their questions. That means live, live, for real live. So please send in your Streamlabs Super Chats. They'll support this show. Show how much you love this show. Keep the show going here on the Outlaw Nation channel. It's all dependent on you. Thank you all so much. All right, Mikey, uh, start us off, I think. It's a lot of responsibility to everybody keeping the show going. <laughs> don't drop the you ball. Guys, don't you guys, drop the ball. I'm watching. Don't, don't, guys, help us out here, guys. Uh, well, first, hello to everybody. I see, like, we got, we got the UK. We got Canada. We got everybody. So, hello, everybody watching live. Um, yeah, so I have our first news item of the day. And our first news item is actually... The item we missed last week by mere hours. Um, this much. <laughs> literally this much. Uh, it, is, it is obviously uh, Warner Brothers and HBO Max's big news and big announcement. Um, literally, as soon as we stopped recording last week, uh, Warner Brothers announced that they were going to go ahead and drop pretty much their entire 2021 slate yeah. on HBO Max simultaneously with theatrical releases. And the way it's going to work is they're going to be released on HBO Max and in theaters day and date. These movies are going to be on HBO Max for a month. And then they are going to leave and be just in theaters. And so as long as we are still dealing with staying at home and COVID and big cities where movie theaters aren't open, that was Warner Brothers' plan. And uh, although many, many geeks, many of you who are listeners probably responded with a, hell yeah, we've been waiting for this. Good for us. We get to see these movies. Not everybody was as excited as you. Uh, so uh, a lot of people in Hollywood uh, not thrilled with this news. Uh, one of them being Mr. Christopher Nolan, uh, one of the few people who did get his movie released in theaters in 2020 with Tenet. Uh, he was very upset. And so the first bit of our news comes from The Hollywood Reporter, who did a big article about Hollywood's reaction to this and kicked things off with Christopher Nolan saying, um, and I quote, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. Yeah. Big words. Yeah. Uh, added oh, Nolan. Added Nolan. Warner Brothers had an incredible machine for getting a filmmaker's work out everywhere, both in theaters and in the home, and they are dismantling it as we speak. They don't even understand what they are losing. Their decision makes no economic sense, and even the most casual Wall Street investor can see the difference between disruption and dysfunction. Um, so the article goes on to kind of detail a lot of people in Hollywood's reaction to this and why people are upset. Um, a lot of filmmakers who were working with Warner Brothers kind of were completely blindsided. I mean, everybody from uh, Christopher Nolan, obviously, to Denis Villeneuve, who's doing the new Dune movie, to John Cho, who's doing uh, In the Heights with Lin-Manuel Miranda. And nobody was really consulted uh, with this. It was kind of, it kind of took everybody by surprise. And it sounds like most of Hollywood found out basically at the same time that we found out and you found out. 
Um, so not going great uh, for that for that respect. So much so uh, that the second piece of this news is that uh, it's rumored that Legendary, uh, who has an overall deal with Warner Brothers and does a ton of movies that we love, is actually threatening to possibly sue Warner Brothers over this decision um, because of both Kong versus Godzilla and the upcoming Dune film, um, saying that they didn't shop the movies around, they might have gotten more money at Apple Plus or Netflix. In point of fact, Netflix made an offer on Godzilla versus King Kong that Warner Brothers sort of blocked. And so uh, right now, Legendary is trying to work things out financially, get a better deal from Warner Brothers, but there's the possibility that there might be a lawsuit there. So a lot of information. I have a lot of opinions, but I've been talking a lot. What do you guys feel about Nolan's words, about this decision, about Hollywood's reaction? What are your thoughts? Kalinowski, please. Oh, gosh. Um, well, let me say this. I understand the decision to do so. Mm-hmm. My thought is this. There is Warner Brothers put up this thing. We, we, we realize that theaters need help. We need to get our product out there. This is a win-win for both of us. We're going to do this for the year. No way in any way is this just one year. This is Warner Brothers testing the waters to see if they're going to change in the future and what they're going to do with that. I don't think in a year theaters are open, vaccine works, we're all healthy, things are safe. You know, It goes back to the way it was. Um, I mean, it could be wrong. I, I see this from... I kind of got into this a little bit with Twitter. People are like, we need content. We need content. You got to give us something. I was like, well, there's things called books, video games, comic books. <laughs> there's lots of content out there. You don't Rolling just need there's, there's TV. There's TV shows you got, but we need content. They got to give us stuff. It's like, no, go, go, to, go to the library. So, read a book. So Kalinowski, Kalinowski's giving the reading rainbow defense of, uh, yeah, of things here. <laughs> and then I explained it. And, then, someone, the and then one guy was like, hey, actor, stay in your lane. I'm like, well, actually, this is kind of my whole highway, this whole <laughs> entertainment thing. All with these money. lanes are mine. <laughs> because this is my whole highway. It's like for, for over 10 years, actors, directors, we've been fighting this battle with studios and for residuals and streaming and new media. And they're like, well, it's a new industry. We don't know how we're going to – because residuals are a huge part of how actors, directors – make their money uh, not just the big names like the gals and the you know patty jenkins the world like people everyone involved in that film um i remember i, I was uh, had someone in my life that did a movie a pretty well movie did very well they would work 12 weeks on it and they made some good money and then but her first check of residuals for the blu-ray sales at home was double what she made shooting the movie it's like wow so it's massive it's a massive change that this affects everyone down the line. That's why the director's guild are looking to sue the writer's guild are looking into this. This is massive. And the fact that I didn't know this, but I didn't know HBO streaming was struggling. The HBO max was not doing well. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I didn't know that. I I did not know that. New content, bro. I mean, the the fans are very adamant about new content. It's amazing to me. Constantly, constantly getting new content. It's amazing. Yeah. um, Also, I mean, and I think I think we talked about this when it first launched. I mean, I I, I go to HBO Max to watch specific things, but I don't really go to HBO Max to browse because the whole interface isn't really browser friendly. And because like movies come on for a little bit and then they leave and then they're back again. And it's very like I don't really always know what I'm going to find there unless I'm going for something specific. Whereas Disney Plus, Netflix, some of the others like I, I can kind of sure. go and just like I know what I'm going to find. It's it, it, it's not it doesn't have the most friendly user interface. I guess my experience was differently for me. Disney Plus, it's the new Star Wars shows. You, the Nef, the, you know, I know what's coming on. I don't go, like you're a big Disney fan. Like so you'll go there and you get their library. I pop in for the Marvel stuff if I don't want to go and put my Blu-ray in mm-hmm. or the TV shows. But like HBO Max, that surprised me. Like when I went to their library, I was like, holy crap. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like films like Munich that I've wanted to watch for so long that never popped up on Netflix. Their libraries, I think their quality is better than Netflix. Netflix has quantity. HBO Max has quality, the quality over it. Um, it does. And, and that's just me personally. And I, I mean, it's more expensive. I'm like, you know. Yeah. But they're, you know, now they're getting all the DC shows eventually. That's all going to be now on there. Right. I just didn't realize that it was struggling. But I guess coming out of the gate third after Netflix and, and Disney Plus, you're batting cleanup and you're, you're not doing too well. well. And this is the thing that I come back to. And this is, you know, I spoke about it yesterday a little bit. I feel like I feel like Nolan isn't the right messenger. Yes. Considering yes. what happened. And I'm look, I think and, I, and I've had some time to think about it. I've had some time to think about it yesterday. And I, I think I was a bit harsh on Nolan yesterday and SEN Live. And I need to kind of amend my comments a little bit just to say this. I get his points of view. And you know what? His points of view are valid. The problem is he's the messenger. The problem that WB bent over backwards to release this Tenet film for him, his insistence yeah. that they release this film in the theater, his push to make them drop this thing, and then him to turn around like the scorpion and the frog and sting the frog halfway through the they're crossing the river. It just doesn't make sense to me to bite the hand that feeds you to play the victim here, to put up the shield and want to carry the flag. It should have been Patty Jenkins. It should have been some of these other directors whose stuff actually isn't going to get a longer run in the theaters <laughs> necessarily without being a date and date release. But then again, we found out from reports, and I don't know how confirmed those reports are, both Patty and Gal got paid $10 million each possibly to be yeah. positive and supportive well, of the situation with HBO Max, which isn't a negative. You take your money where you can get it in this business. You know that, Mike. Everyone's one bad movie or a couple of bad movies or an injury away from not being able to do it again. So you just never know. But this whole situation here, I get why HBO Max did it as a business. And Mike, I'm curious because you're an executive. You've been in these rooms. You've, you've had these conversations about changing direction and cutting and keeping shows or actors or what have you. This from the Hollywood Reporter article, we're just getting it from Boris Kitt, his point of view from his sources, said one executive stood up in the in the room and said, we should probably tell the creatives about this. And they shushed her down uh, and just went forward. Is this just a conglomerate seeing creatives as just numbers on a ledger uh, and just pushing forward no matter how hurt, how many hurt feelings there are? It's funny that you say that. Uh, that part in the article when I read it, uh, having been in a lot of rooms in the past. Were you that person, uh, Mike, in the room? And, and, and I, I will say I've never, not in that specific way. I have been the person in the room in certain places where I've given my little Aaron Sorkin, this is the right thing to do <laughs> speech. Uh, yeah, I've had, I've had a few of those in, in my time on a couple shows. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think it's actually, th that was not a surprising moment to me. The idea that somebody in the room would say, uh, guys, yeah. people can be upset and everyone else just was like, we've got to move on. And I mean, Warner Brothers has the bigger sort of AT&T of it all, like AT&T owns all of this now and they are not an entertainment thing. But like the article did make a point and I do think this is important. Look, I think, and I'm reading in the stream as people are commenting as we're talking here. Yeah. Look, yes, Roka has been saying this for even before the pandemic. I think Kalinowski's brought this up before. Like, this is the way that things go. Entertainment is going this way. Yep. Streaming is here to stay. We're gonna see bigger and bigger movies with bigger and bigger stars premiering on streaming. It is definitely the way of things that is definitely going to affect the movie theater experience. So trying to argue against it, you're just, I mean, you're basically arguing against a giant tidal wave that's coming. Like, we all kind of know this is the direction it's going. But 
the way that Disney Plus has been handling things yeah. over on the Disney Plus side, which the Hollywood article brings up versus what Warner Brothers did, is really kind of key in all this. Like, we're getting soul on Christmas Day. Disney yeah. Plus has come, Disney has come out as a company and saying they're putting more of a focus on streaming. They have definitely made the decision that some of their movies that were going to be theatrical are going to be moving to Disney Plus. Like, right. they're doing the same thing in a way that Warner Brothers is doing with HBO Max. But, they're doing it on a case-by-case -case basis, and they are going out of their way to make sure that the creative teams are aware of it at least, yeah. and hopefully have made a deal with them. Like, and, and they understand that Hollywood, is the, on the creative side of things, it's not one size fits all. Mm -hmm. On some movies, your crew is going to be happy whether they're on Disney Plus or in the features. Other directors are going to be really prickly about it. Other actors are going to say, if you're putting me here, like, there's all, it's not a one size fits all. And so Disney Plus has been moving in the exact same direction you know on like i said on christmas day where i'm i'm my friends and i are like we're all talking about it we're all planning on watching soul in the morning and wonder woman at night so it's the two sides of the coin there um but disney's handling it in a way that seems to be a bit smarter from like a pr standpoint and the way they're handling it and hbo max just coming out and being like hey one size fits all the entire slate's doing that it just has a little bit of a feeling of a disregard for all of the people that creatively put the work in on these things not to say that ultimately it's not the right decision not to say that this isn't the way things are going but i think the way they handle it, it was fucking piss poor yeah, that's the way I feel about this situation. Mike, I'm oh, sorry, Kellen, go ahead. You no, I, I just kind of, yeah, I mean, I said this back uh, about a month ago with the whole uh, Gal Gadot coming out in Warner Brothers. The day that it happened, Patty Jenkins' press release, you can tell, if you read between the lines, you're like, oh, she's not happy with this at all. Where Gals was like, yes, love, hope, happiness, enjoy the movie. She's like, please watch this movie on the biggest screen possible. Enjoy Wonder Woman 84. It was like... <laughs> Oh, you saw they're not. And that movie, think about what that movie went through. They kept pushing it and then pushing oh, yeah. it. And she's just like, we want our movie out in theaters for you guys. We did this. And I had said this back in back in DC Movie News before we closed down. So back in March when the pandem pandemic started, I said, you know what? September, movie theaters are back. And Gal Gadot and Wonder Woman, that comes out. It's going to be a billion dollars because people want to go back to the movies. This is going to be the movie that's going to bring us all together. And now these early reviews are saying this is the movie we need right now. I just feel, and it's not like, it's Wonder Woman 84. It doesn't mess up anything coming after with DC. Yeah, like yeah. it's by itself. Like Mar Marvel's in a tough spot. They've yeah. got all this content. Their TV shows are going to start mixing with it where you've got to start getting this stuff out. I mean, that's they're in a Warner Brothers with especially their slates at DC, if you look at it, and it's telling now when Batman's like, you know what, we're gonna move to 2022. Eh, we're getting out of 2021. It's like, right. oh, they knew they knew months ago that this was going on. And the fact that they didn't talk about it. I'd be curious. I don't remember when Batman moved. I think it was like two months ago. It might yeah, just well, like, yeah, I think so. And that's when Wonder Woman said they were going to drop. Like they, yeah. they knew this for months now. And the fact that they didn't go over this with filmmakers, this is going to cause a lot of filmmakers to go, you know what? I'm not making movies for you anymore. Yeah, I wonder I mean, about that. That's a great point. I mean, Mike. John, you know, Roland, look at all our group of people we're in, the yeah. cinephiles. There are people like Nolan Tarantino. They're making movies for, the, you know, on, you know, it was he 70 millimeter prints and yeah, yeah. this and that. They're not going to care for streaming and we need people like that we need pe people that are going to keep the cinema alive yeah but but yeah. sorry conversely yeah. uh they're always going to be hungry filmmakers that want to get their stories out there sure. and for for every quentin tarantino or christopher nolan that says screw you warner brothers i'm going to go to disney i'm going to go to universal yeah. Uh, there's going to be a hungry filmmaker that's like i i want you you're going to pay me money you've got the space now the all these directors said no Put my money, put my show, put it on HBO Max. Yeah, set. It's, 
it's it's always the thing, right? It's like a strike. If you do, if you if I can make a sports comparison, when there are strikes, there's always scabs ready to play. Players who couldn't quite make the cut the first time around are jumping at the bit, chopping at the bit to get in there and play. If you're going to let them wear the uniform, if you're going to pay them, you know, it's always the danger that uh, to make a stance here that you might lose your position. But this is this is the life in in this city all the time is executives and studio bosses and boards and all that making decisions and then unions have to kind of try to fight for whatever's left off the piece uh, off the table and it's not always good and they'd always get the best for their for their respective uh people so it's always a struggle this is just such a bold move i wonder if warner did this to kind of be like look this is going to eventually happen we might as well rip not the band-aid rip the entire cast off the leg and and just go and try to make that walk and force it because if not, we'll be behind everyone else. And this but, is before Disney's meetings that are happening yeah. as well. So, yeah. and, but, but I think, and again, I don't know the conversations yeah. that Disney's had with whether it be Soul or Cruella, which I think is going to Disney Plus or some of the other stuff. I don't, I, but you're not hearing a lot of complaints. You're not hearing a whole thing the way you are with HBO Max. Right, right. And the, the part, ripping off the Band-Aid, great. This is the way it's going to be great. The, the challenge is that... There are so many deal points and financial aspects yeah. that you just don't really think. Like, so I'm an actor. I'm a big in-demand actor. Everybody wants Vogel. I want that who, on a who T-shirt. Doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't really? But like everybody, everybody wants Vogel. So you get me in the movie. You get me in your movie, but you give me back-end participation, which means that I'm taking a smaller fee up top. But it means that based on box office receipts, I'm going to get a certain amount of money. Right. And then, without letting me know or talking to my agent or making any kind of allowance for that. You say, oh, we're just going to put it on streaming. And I go, okay, well, what the fuck does that mean for my back end? Like, right. and that's just one person. I mean, a lot of these movies, the bigger movies, especially the, the dunes and the, in the heights and like James these big Bond. movies, like you, you're like, well, yeah, James, Bond, you're like, okay, you have to go in and figure that out. And it just seems like when you come out and say our entire 2021 slate, well, it's clear that they didn't like, they came out and made an announcement and clearly they hadn't done that with those movies. And that's why you're seeing everybody flipping out now. So although I agree with you that Nolan may be not the best messenger given the tenant of it all, uh, I think his feelings about it pretty much do reflect most uh, creatives feelings who have been working on these films. Yeah, and uh, let me make this switch real quick, bam. Thank you to Jake Yacoveta for that new overlay. Thank you so much, Jake. Oh, thanks, Jack. He saw what was happening. He's like, I gotta help you. Let me send this. Let me. Thank you. Let me. Although it was, although it was good before because it looked like I was wearing a Geek Buddies T-shirt, so <laughs> it was pretty cute. But I'll, but I'll allow it. Also, uh, Jake, if you want to send a new one, it's Kalinowski at the top there. W S K I. Not that's all right. But you know, it's okay. It's okay. Thank you so much. Keep going, uh, John. Mike. Use your sports okay. analogy, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about this. People were bitching. You know, like we need content. This and that. And movies are. This is what it's going to go. Okay, think about it this way. Let's say it's sports. Let's mm -hmm. say the NFL says, you know what? We're never doing live events again. Yeah. No more stadiums. We're getting rid of every stadium in this country. Everyone's gone. We're going to take two football teams to a random field. We're going to film it, and we're going to stream it for you guys. You going to enjoy that, guys? That's no, same, right? No, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the it's, same. As it's not. The, people are like, Mike, I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark on VHS, and I still love this movie. It's like, yeah, that's life. But there's something about a movie going experience like a live football game. You mm -hmm. can't ever replicate that, and nothing's going to replace that. So yeah. you need filmmakers like Nolan, these, you know, that – are out there fighting for this kind of thing and and, and people I, talk it's a money thing no one can go anywhere for and get a 200 million dollar movie made whenever he wants yep. it's not money for him it's the cinema and whether you say that's already he's a little you know pretentious and i get that and i'm not i don't love all his films mm -hmm. but this this kind of crapping on nolan that a lot of people are doing now where 
five months, five years ago, they're like, he's the greatest thing ever. It's true. It, it's he's a voice, and people listen to look, him. Listen, the three of us, and Mike, you're, I'm sure you're you're uh, uh, learning this now as you do this more and more. Once you put your opinion out there and you put yourself out there, yeah. you're going to get the backlash. That's just kind of how the game is. So Nolan at this point is now suffering a little bit of the backlash. It doesn't mean he's wrong, but he might be. Doesn't mean he's wrong. Sure. Doesn't mean he's wrong. You're right. Because I mean, last night I was watching the Cinephiles documentary uh, watch along because I hadn't seen it yet. And I said, and I just remembered, I was like, God, I, what have I been talking about? I miss being in a movie theater. I miss right. experience. Some of my greatest hours i've ever spent in my life are in a movie theater either by myself watching you cry when tom holland dies in infinity war that's one of my top experiences in a movie theater roca and i don't get that i wouldn't get that seeing a movie at home with you without you although i was talking to a friend of mine and let me ask you guys this because i i i've said i mean i've been saying this as long as we've been talking about this this topic i've been saying i love movie theaters sitting in a dark movie theater is at at some of the hardest most stressful most uh anxiety-ridden times in my life i'll go sit in a movie theater and it makes me feel better like i love being in a movie theater what i don't know is if a movie on the level of Avengers Endgame comes out and it's coming out in theaters, we're, we're, we're through with the pandemic, it's in theaters, but it also comes out on Disney Plus. So we have our typical, we buy a hundred tickets, we have a hundred people ready to go to, uh, to Avengers Endgame that night. Can I really prevent myself from taking a little peek on Disney Plus? Like I'll be, I'll be, inter- and, and this is not a, this isn't even about right and wrong. This isn't even about right and wrong. I'm just curious as to what my habits are going to become as this changes because i still love the movie going experience but if mandalorian is any indication i can't make it past about 9 a.m before i'm like well you gotta see what happens you gotta check this shit out or how can you stop the person who's gonna come in the theater and be like oh just wait for this part wait for this oh god damn it ahead of you and it's gonna ruin it that's a possibility as well you talk about spoilers now people like the movie just came out Holy crap! All these people with the, when they do the con- what are they called the tweet alongs? Like, yeah. oh, this happened. Oh no, this happened as it's happening. Like, f you, man. Holy crap! Like, social media is gonna suck when this happens. It's gonna yeah. suck. It's it's gonna be impossible. Holy crap, man! Talking about uh, it, but it might social media might become a toxic place. You guys, <laughs> it might. Yeah, you're it right. Might. I might have to maybe. stop doing it. Just maybe. Uh, w- one thing that we should hit on, I think, uh, in this whole conversation, when you talk about legendary as well, because that was a piece of what you brought Ooh. up as well, Michael, they are responsible for 75% of the budget for Dune and 75% of the budget for uh, Godzilla versus Kong. So, like, they're even, and, and they tried to sell Godzilla versus Kong to Netflix. They had had talks, and Warner Media stepped in and shut it down because. They because going out because, on their streaming service to get their subscriber or more, and as part of the deal, Warner Brothers runs the distribution. So, right. like, it's not it's not like they did something that was out of their legal right, purview to do. Like, it could have been, but like, yes, cool, totally cool. Go ahead, yeah, we get it. You're mad, blah blah blah. But they didn't do that because they're just they want those subscribers. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, and it's funny, like the, the twenty films come out on that list. Um, six of those, to me, were like I have to see in theaters. Yeah. The other ones, I was like, okay, these were like, like this past year, uh, what was it The Way Back and Just Mercy? Yeah. I saw when they released on streaming, and it was great. I might not have seen those in theaters, but mm-hmm. they were on stream right away, and I enjoyed it. So I think there's this, there is a, like, like you said, Michael, Disney's doing it right. Like I, to be honest, I would love Black Widow to drop on streaming. Yeah, like that to me, like, uh, you know, uh, Spider Man. No, I'll see that in a the theater. Eternals probably in a the theater, but like Black Widow, the smaller kind of, I know I, I say smaller, but like a smaller spy film set in the MCU. I was like. 
I, I, I want to see that now, you know, bond. I'm in the fence. I, I want to go either way on that one. I'm just like, God, I want to see it in the theater, but I really want to see it. So yeah, this is, this is the next part of the Disney's doing it right. Yeah. No, this next part of the conversation, Michael and Kalinowski, like, do you, what's, who's the next studio to do this? Um, I, I mean, I mean, Warner brother took all the, is taking all the bullets. Yeah, now. Is there another studio that wanted to do this? And now that they see Warner brothers doing it and taking the hits, they're emboldened to do it or hesitant to do it. Who do you well, think next? It, it really is just like, I mean, there's smaller studios, there's others, but like in the big sense, there's really like what, you it's what universal would do with Peacock. I mean, that's like the other, cause right. Disney, Disney has kind of, at least thus far, to Kalinowski's point about Black Widow, Disney has said, we're going to case by case this. You're going to hear, we'll make announcements about movies, and you'll hear that some are going to streaming, and some like Black Widow, we are pushing down that line. And that seems to be working better for them. Warner Brothers made their decision. Uh, what is Universal going to do? Right. That, that really, you know, like, what are we going to hear about uh, the next Jurassic World movie or Fast and the Furious or their big franchises? And what we have to think about, we haven't really talked about, is the amount of money that's being left on the table, mm -hmm. like, like Nolan's point, like, and he used Deedon Mint's words with financials. Yeah. This is a massive, like, I don't see how HBO financially, this doesn't make sense for me. Yeah. There like, are quite a lot no of Warner Woman makes out. a billion. Yeah, you're right. Cal, I said, it, quite a lot of articles that came out saying there's no way they're looking at the projections, looking at the numbers that Wonder Woman will make the money it's supposed to make. I think this is one of those reasons why they paid off Cal, paid off Patty, because they're like, you're not going to make as much, but here's 10 million to kind of like smooth right. that it, situation over. I, I think this is their, this is, I mean, as we were just talking about, like HBO Max not doing great. And yeah. long term, like long, long term. Yeah. These streaming services, as we talked about when Disney Plus was, when uh, Bob Chapek made his announcement, uh, there's a couple of these guys, these uh, financial analysts that are like, look, the $12.99, the $10.99 that you're getting monthly from every single subscriber, if you get people loyal to your service over the long term, that is a steady stream of money. It's not the $200 billion, it's not this. And the financial model of paying that much money on these budgets, I don't know how that works because I work in entertainment because I hate math. But... Uh, there is a there's a case to be made what like HBO Max is if we all believe and we've been saying it streaming is the future streaming is the future this is going to change the movie industry we say it everyone says it then it's in Warner Brothers interest to make sure HBO Max is successful maybe more so than you say I'll take a financial hit on some of these movies because if we get more subscribers because of Wonder Woman and In the Heights and Dune and all of these movies and people stay with HBO Max long term, that might be what they're really looking towards. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, for sure, and we'll see. Uh, uh, my, any other battles on this one? Any other concerns you guys have on this one, or shall we move on to some Streamlabs and Super Chats? I like Streamlabs and Super Chats. Oh, there, you, there you go. Let's get into Dominic Smith real quick. He said, hey, guys, I'll catch the podcast reply, but wanted to pop in real quick and send some love and positivity. Mike and Laura filling in are great, but Shannon, we can't wait to have you back. Thanks for being my geek buddy. So very kind of you, Dominic. Thank you so much. And Shannon, at this point, is scheduled to be back next week. So we might do another back-to-back -back live episode to welcome our brother back. We shall see. Uh, he, we're going on his schedule. You know, it has he deals with this. But all the positive words are being received by him, and he has spoken about them to us personally about how much they mean to him. So thank you so much for all the love you've shown our brother. Uh, Philip Brian Butler says, three-week lead for theaters? Hmm, thoughts. Uh, maybe AT&T will buy some theaters. Yeah, that's another part of this. Yeah. Do these studios now start to buy theaters so they can own where their stuff I, to show? 
I mean, look, I, one of my favorite theaters in LA to go to, I know we don't all agree with this, their seats are a little bit uncomfortable, but I love the El Capitan. Like, I love that there is, I, there's Kalinowski's face. I love the El Capitan. I love sitting in the balcony. I love the guy playing the organ. I love the gayest intro ever. Every time the movie starts with the glittery curtains and the, every, like, it's just, it's just like gay on screen before a movie starts. And like, you know, you only get the Disney trailers. It's, you know, it is, it is the Disney theater. And I know like Johnny, you've taken me to a lot of screenings. Like we saw Onward there. We've seen some other things there. And like, I love that. And look, if if the trade-off in the long run here, as we get into the future, the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of movies, is that as opposed to movie chains, we have the Disney chain of theaters and the Universal chain of theaters and the Warner's chain of theaters. It's like, all right. I mean, I, I we get into the big ethical questions about it, but as long as there's big, beautiful theaters where I can go see the movies and get really good popcorn, I'm going to be down. Yeah. We had this argument. The what do you think, Kalinowski? Do you think that'll happen? Uh, well, that whole thing with getting rid of the antitrust um, mm. regulations—that's a big thing. You know, I—I'm I, not for that. I think it, it's—it breeds monopolies, and right. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not uh, like, you know, you—you you get Marvel, or Disney getting its own theaters. They can charge whatever they want. AMC, a Regal, a, a Cinemark, trying to be competitive in the market. You know, yeah. so kind of. I, I love a good AMC, guys. You know me. I love a great AMC theater. I'm, I'm, I'm no frills. I don't need sparkly curtains and this and that. I need decent popcorn. I like the reclining seats. I love the movie pass that AMC did. That was a great yeah. uh, thing that was helping their company. So I really hope AMC comes back. It's been in my theater for yeah. 20 AMC. Years, AMC years. is the theater of my childhood. AMC is yeah. the theater of my childhood and Johnny in college yeah. at Florida State because there was only that shitty movie theater at the beginning. At the time yeah, they opened all? the 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 Tallahassee Mall had like had there was the Governor's Square Mall had the shitty movie theater when I first started going there, and then yeah. they opened that AMC Twenty that was oh, one of the fir- er, first like stadium seating. It was like yeah. walking into that's an airport. I, I loved Menace. it. That's right. That's where we saw Phantom Menace. Menace. Yeah, that's, that's right. where we saw Phantom Menace. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, uh, well, also, I, I think this is absolutely possible. You know, I was finishing up watching Mank last night. It took me three nights to watch that movie. I enjoyed it. It's just like, it's a chore. But, uh, uh, but, uh, I was thinking uh, as I was watching it, like, oh, this was back then. It almost feels like these moves are slowly, but surely churning us backward, moving us backwards to a time where studios now start to lock in. Start, I mean, we see these already happen in the last few years. How, you know, uh, Shonda Rhimes, exclusive only deal to this yeah. studio. You know, uh, Ryan Murphy, exclusive only deal to FX. Like, There's these things that are happening, or Netflix as well, these things that are happening all over the place. Would it be out of the realm of possibility for studios to start buying up theaters again like they used to and then start controlling the product, start controlling the actors, controlling the directors? Everybody wants to work. As you said, Mikey, there's always some young, hungry filmmaker or producer or actor or actress who wants to burst through. Is there an opportunity here? Because other people don't want to be under the studio control. They will jump in and do that contract in a heartbeat. And now that we're more aware of the Me Too movement and Black Lives Matter, is this possibly a better studio situation for you to be a part of? Because you know there are avenues for which you can call a studio out if they mistreat you like they did in the old days when they put actors under contracts and directors under contracts. What do you guys think? <clears throat> we Everything is cyclical. Mm. You know? I mean, like, everything is cyclical. Everything kind of goes, like, we don't... History... You know, we, we see it we see it all the time. Like history repeats itself over and over and over again. And as far as the entertainment industry goes, I mean, that is probably 
elements of that are probably true. I think there's elements of that that are going to happen. I mean, you know, I know that, uh, you know, Kalinowski's talked a lot about this, but like Disney buying up Fox and like all of these studios becoming mega studios. Uh, I think we could definitely see something like that. And I think that the streaming aspect of it, the digital aspect of it, the fact that it's not just movie theaters, I think that just adds to it as well. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be kind of like classic, but new and digital, like the future and the past will sort of collide in where the entertainment industry goes. Yeah, certainly possible. Uh, all right, here's the stream lab from DGMC. He said, with Oscar Isaac controversially cast as Solid Snake in the uh, MS MGS film, do you feel it is more important, that's Metal Gear Solid, uh, for those of you who don't know video games, do you feel it is more important for actors and adaptations to fill the role physically slash presence slash look-wise or to be flat-out good slash versatile like Heath Ledger's Joker or Michael Keaton's Batman as actors? What do you guys think? Cal I didn't really hear any backlash against him. Yeah, apparently uh, there was some controversy. Where were we? What were we? Oh, SEN when it dropped on yeah. Friday. That's what we were on. And yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't look. I mean, he doesn't have brown hair and Snake had brown hair. Is that it? I mean, you know, he can have his hair dyed. I I think he's such a good actor. I don't think it matters. I mean, I'm yeah, yeah. I'm in the good actor camp. Yeah, yeah. good actor yeah. camp. I mean, with, this with dates role. back. This dates back to Anna Paquin as Rogue. Ian McKellen as Magneto. Yeah. Every time this happened, you know, I met, I we Johnny, we talked about this before, but yeah. like I remember in 2000 when Ian McKellen was cast as Magneto and everybody was just I you'd go on wherever you went AOL and people would like have pictures of like Magneto from the comics and then they would have a picture of Ian McKellen and you're like is this the guy who's supposed to play this? Yeah. And you're like did they yeah. show, like the big muscly purple tights? Yeah, big Magneto? muscly purple tights Magneto. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, you know what? He he's the, like the definitive Magneto. So I think yeah. to me, that's always the case. Like if, if you get the best actor to do it. Uh, I mean, look at Keaton. I, I think, yeah. But people think of Keaton, you know, and his yeah. Batman. So well, and, and yeah. look, look at Nixon. Hopkins looks nothing like Richard Nixon. Yeah. But his performance evokes Nixon. Frank Langella looks nothing like Nixon. But if you watch Frost Nixon, he yeah. really embodies the aura, the atmosphere, the essence of Richard. <laughs> John, for... For a movie we saw together, Michael Shannon looks nothing like Elvis. But Elvis my God, was he good in that movie? Right. My God, was he damn good in that movie? He was awesome. <laughs> Need to watch that. Ozzy Davis. Ozzy Davis doesn't look like JFK at all. But in Bubba Hotep, <laughs> he's great. And up there, uh, yeah. Uh, Philip Hunt says, "Hey guys, hope you're having a great day." Re regarding this whole Nolan situation, I understand and sympathize with wanting theaters to stay open, but. I live in a remote part of Australia. Very few films come to where I live. Streaming services are vital here. That's actually an excellent point. Yeah, it maybe sure. now they have the breath to reach more people who maybe won't have access to theaters or those small towns where the theaters shut down because they can't afford to stay open anymore. This is a way to kind of keep the product going through their, uh, to their places. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't think about, it is. We 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 talk so much about the big cities and having the theaters and being on being on lockdown and shutdown and what this means. But yeah, you're like, it is it is not untrue that you're like, yeah, there's other places where this is a way to get these things out. And ultimately, you know, our our conversation about can we make it the entire day without going to the theater to see it? But like, if things do come out on streaming and theaters at the same time, I guess the real question will be. And this is what AMC and Regal and everybody are wondering is, if you can watch it at home, how many people will still go to the movies? How yeah. much will that still well, that's, be that's an experience? Thing. And I think that's the big question. 
Yeah. The big thing we yeah. talked about it a little bit, and I was trying to see the points. Like, theater owners for a family of four, it's over a hundred dollars to go to a movie, not including yeah. concessions. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And and that goes to the theater, but also it's to the point that the theaters get so little money off the film itself. Yeah. They have to pay so much for the film, so they've got to charge twenty bucks for a thing of popcorn. It's a it's a kind of they're eating each other, you know, and destroying the industry. So, yeah, it's if the theaters, yeah, it's going to be a weird. This, yeah, territory, guys. We're uncharted waters, and everything that's happened, Mike and Mike is is has been coming, right? It's been coming for a while. Yeah. This situation was not tenable. Movie Pass was the first real kind of oh. salvo uh, across uh, across the plains here. The one, the first shot that people noticed. Yeah, like, oh, I could go for ten bucks a month. I go see all these movies. It's because these theaters were desperate to get audiences back in the theater. And so they could charge their refreshment. They'd make that money off the refreshments and stay alive. Then movie pa- uh, then uh, uh, AMC Stubbs came along. It was like, okay, let's do that and do 20 bucks, but you'll get everything and you can go multiple times. Yeah. And clearly, they were desperate to get people in the theater at large numbers so they could make their money back. Now, with this situation, I imagine, because AMC was super pissed the next day. You saw the articles, AMC's reaction, oh. Warner's decision. A lot of theaters are mad about this. You imagine these theaters are going to work out where they get 70% or 80% of the profit of the ticket sales. Oh, that's right. 50, yeah. Right. So yeah. will that lead to them reducing the price of refreshments, which entices people to come see these movies? I don't know, but there's, it's all a financial balance uh, in your minds. And if you see a commercial or an ad while you're trolling the internet where it says, Hey, come see a movie and the popcorn now slashed to $4 large, blah, 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 then that might encourage you to go and see. I'm going to go, I'm going to go the other way. I am going to open a chain of Vogel theaters. Okay. And this is going to be like, you show up, it's like a club. There's go-go dancers dressed as all your favorite movie characters. Mm-hmm. You buy high-end drinks. You buy high-end drinks. There's a DJ, but he's not just DJing music. Behind him, he's also DJing movies. You go from Iron Eagle right into Top Gun. Like, it's really cool. And then, like, you pick your theater, but you go in, but you're sitting at, like, giant tables or, like, cabanas in the movie theater. You're with your friends. Like, it's an experience. I'm going to charge $35, $45 a ticket. But you're going to be like, this is what we're doing. This is my Saturday night out. Geek buddies are going to talk live after every single screening. We're going to have talkbacks. It is going to be the ultimate movie-going experience. That's what I'm going to do. I, I think Christopher Nolan just threw his computer out the window. <laughs> I think that lasts a week. And then it's going to turn into like a, the Fry Festival of movies is what your thing is going to be. Well, if that's what you think, then I guess the geek buddies showing up are me, Shannon, Roca, and Laura, and you're not invited anymore. How about that? He'll come. Oh, Christ. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Butler says, watching this episode, I realized Roka missed the 2020 beard memo. <laughs> no, I can't grow one, son. How can you not grow a beard? That, he cannot. Dumbfounded. Oh, Michael, you can't him. grow a beard. Roka, Roka's hair grows in weird places on his body and not in the normal spots. And the like, he'll get a little bit here. The best he would ever be able to do, it would look like sort of like a weird sort of Fu Manchu kind of thing. And it would be very awkward. I've seen it. I've seen it. 
I tried it out for a while. I grew it out thanks to Ian pushing me to grow it out, and it just did not go well. It did not go well. Uh, he said, so glad I caught the stream. Great show, gents. Always appreciate the perspectives. Thank you, Philip. I appreciate you. We appreciate you. Uh, also, one thing, we're over 200 people you all watching us live. Thank you so much. Please hit that like button and leave a comment if you're watching us later. But right now, send us some streamlines. Send us some super chats. Support the show. Let us know what you think about this situation, about the HBO Max situation. What do you think is happening here? What more do you think we should discuss on that as we move on to all these topics? Um, all right, let's move on to our next topic. Was it me or was it uh, Mike? I forget what we discussed. Off, uh, off. I think it's you okay. next. Yeah, Johnny Boy, you. Let's jump into it. All right. Uh, this morning, much to everybody who has seen the first two seasons of Cobra, Guy, Cobra Kai's Joy, Cobra Kai Season 3 trailer dropped this morning. Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence going at each other one more time. Martin Kreese is, uh, or Kreese, uh, Kreese is back. Martin Cove, uh, as Kreese is back as the sensei. And if you remember, at the end of last season, uh, uh, Daniel's, uh, in, uh, uh, Johnny's protege suffered a terrible fall. And that's where we're picking up season three, it looks like. And he's recovering from that fall. Oh, so where, where, where are we at here? Sorry about that down the bottom there. Yeah, he's recovering from that fall and everything that's happened there. And we're seeing now that it looks like from the trailer that Johnny and Daniel are now going to work together against Martin Cove, against Kreese, to try to maybe take back martial arts in that small little town <laughs> and, and do what they need to do. Also, we saw in the trailer that Daniel goes to Japan and confronts the villain from Karate Kid 2. It's not over, son. Grudges, old grudges die hard. So great to see those. And that actress who he had the uh, relationship with while he was there in Japan and the actor return who was the son uh, or the nephew, I think, of the, the overall older villain who was Miyagi's yeah. villain there. So seeing some of the Japan stuff mixed in with some of the stuff happening here in the States, I think it looks fantastic. We even get a D. Snyder cameo at the end because why not bring all the 80s back? I loved it to pieces. You guys are not co you guys are not caught up on the Cobra Kai situation at all. Uh, I've not watched an episode of it. Wow. Yeah. So I I watched. By the way, everybody, I lowered my mic. I don't think my mic is too loud. I think I am too it's loud. It's just you. It's just it's just me. It's just <laughs> it me, just everybody. You. Trust us. I do what I can. I got. <laughs> I, I've gotten yelled at like three times this week in different places for being too loud. It's just who really? I am. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I have to. <laughs> it's a whole other story. I have to work out in my garage downstairs instead of in the courtyard now. It's a whole thing. Why would you, uh, you, 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 you work wait, out? Like, are what you, are you doing? Are you, loud when you, what, are you yelling? Are I, you one of those? Apparently, I'm more. Apparently, I'm more of that than I thought that I was. Oh, God almighty. So That's now I work out in my garage downstairs, oh, and every God. time I do a burpee, I see a little cockroach run by my head. But it's okay, because it's 2020, and we do what we well, have to do. How are you making noise doing a burpee? Like, what kind of noise are you making? I make noises <laughs> doing other things. Look. <laughs> That's good. I like that. You done there? You done there, buddy? <laughs> Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, moving on. Uh, I watched the first couple episodes of Cobra Kai. I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I was like super into it. And then I just, there was like five things that I was watching. You know how it is sometimes like when you, now that we, now that you binge, as opposed to like when I was a kid, each night of the week was like a different show and you just kept up with all your stories. And now it's like you get caught on something and you ride that wave. And I think I just caught on some waves and I just 
always meant to go back. What I will say is, because I knew we were talking about it today, I went ahead and watched the season three trailer. Oh, yeah. And watching that trailer, A, don't even know who these characters are. I burst into tears halfway through. <laughs> B, I am a thousand percent now. I just finished Ted Lasso. Uh, I just finished a couple other things. I think like I'm gonna dive in and catch up because now I can't wait to see season three. It looks so great. Yeah, we reviewed Ted Lasso on the channel. Shannon and I did a couple of you know halfway through the season and then the next half of the season. What a great, great show! If you're not watching Ted Lasso on Apple, so Plus, can't, John, Mike, you mean to say that? there's other content out there besides big movies that people can watch and enjoy when they need content that you don't, you don't say, you don't say, Oh, Jesus. Wow. <laughs> I know, you you're the most, you're, you're the most aggressive host of reading rainbow I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to release, I'm going to release audio of me working out one day and then you'll all hear it. I'm going to your garage with a parabolic to see what's going on down there. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Cobra Kai three, season three. What about you, Mike? You haven't seen an episode. Not an episode, Mike. Have you ever seen Karate Kid? Have you ever seen it? Of course. I grew up in the 80s. I was a Karate Kid. I was well, came what? home from that movie and tried to beat my friends up. <laughs> of course I did. Come on now, man. What makes you hesitate to see this show then? Are I think you, originally what it was, honestly... Yeah. What it was, and I know it's on Netflix now, was that YouTube. Like, YouTube yeah. with TV, I was like, I'm not watching TV on YouTube. This is, like, streaming I get, and I know it's streaming, and I get that. But YouTube was, its setup was so terrible as it was. Like, I, I can't watch a TV show on this. Uh, now that's on Netflix, I did watch the trailer for season one. And okay. I was like, okay, I got to watch this. Okay. It's just, I'm in, I'm in Christmas movie time right now. So all my watching is Christmas movies right now. So yeah. I'll get yeah. it. I'll get to it. Uh, Louis Messias, correct? Yeah, absolutely. Louis. It's Sato, who is the uncle of Chosen. Yeah, and old friend of Mr. Miyagi. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Louis. I appreciate you. Uh, uh, indulging. I'm getting called out in the chat for not watching Cobra Kai. My yeah. geek card's being pulled, they said. I, I don't want no. to. Oh, uh, no. That's that's Linnell. That's Linnell. He's pulling my geek card, not yours. Oh, he is? Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, All right, good. good. Yeah. Linnell's crazy. I, I stay away from Linnell. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen some of Linnell's comments. Please don't come after me. Don't hurt me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for this because I mean, I, I enjoy the first two seasons. A lot of people, it was so fun to see so many people discover the show all over again when it dropped on Netflix. I think over the summer, so many people went crazy. We're like, oh, this is the great. Where's yeah. it open? And it's like, yeah, I, I actually paid the $9.99 to watch it uh, every week for a You did pay of money for YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for the YouTube Christ. Radio, it was 10 bucks a month to get that. But it was no commercials on any of my YouTube videos, and I spent a lot of time watching stuff on YouTube. So for me, it's worth it. For other people, maybe not so much. Okay, but, okay. But it was worth it to see the show, too, and I enjoyed it. It was great to see Ralph Macchio back again, William Zabka. By the way, you forget how many films Zabka played a villain in. <laughs> I was watching Back to School, which I hadn't seen in a very long time the other day, and there's Zabka. Oh, God. The again. swimmer. is the swimmer. Yeah. What a douchebag. He, like, he oh, cornered please. the 80s douchebag market. <laughs> Bring awesome. Back to School back as a show. I would love that to see oh. all of those. I think most of those people, other than Rodney and <laughs> Burt Young, are still is, around. So I feel bad because I probably should know this. Is Pat Morita dead? Did he pass away? Yes, Pat Morita passed yes. away. Okay. Because I was going to say, why has he not popped up? Yeah, it would, oh, please. Oh, oh my God. First season. I think I think you just figured that one out. Now I did. I didn't realize Another. I know, was it a while ago when he passed away? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's about five or six years ago. See, I would, I would, I would have remembered that. Yeah. No, it sucks. Let me see here. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he passed away a few years ago. Uh, 2005. Okay. He passed away in Vegas. Mm. Or 15 right. years ago. That's a little different. 
And for those of you who don't know, that is an accent that Pat Rita puts on. He actually does not speak with that accent in real life. Really? Just letting you all know that is an accent. Really? Yeah, just like huh. the guy on uh, Two Broke Girls, he does not speak with that Asian accent. That is an hmm. accent he puts on for the show. Oh. Uh, but it's great to say. I love it all, the, and I love the fact that now, as a new twist, it's Johnny and uh, Daniel yeah. Russo coming together to fight. Uh, Martin Cove, and there are a lot of rumors, and I tried to get some information out of a couple of people who are lucky enough to have gotten this already to ask them if, if Elizabeth Shue does make an oh. appearance. She's mentioned in the first season. She's mentioned even more in the second season. Now there's rumors, and you know she was just in the boys in season one on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Certainly not an issue for her to do some streaming work. Would she show up? And there's a lot of rumors that she is showing up this season in some form or capacity. Maybe a Zoom call, maybe a cameo scene. I don't know. Okay. And if she shows up in Karate Kid, does that mean that we're going to be just a few years away from the inevitable Adventures in Babysitting reboot that a lot of us <laughs> have been waiting for? Are there a lot of you guys waiting for that one? I mean, there's at least three. There's at least three okay. of us All somewhere. Right. There's, okay. me, there's me and two other people that are like, she's running a babysitting company. <laughs> like, I don't know what the story is, but I want it and I'm in. You can never go wrong with more Elizabeth Shue. Yeah, if you were ever to be a showrunner, I think that's the show I would pin you for, Adventures in Babysitting, Michael. Yeah. I, don't know why. I don't know why. Yeah, I think you'd be a great showrunner for that show. All right, I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, go pitch it, buddy. Pitch it. Uh, I like this idea. All right, let's get into this. Anyway, Cobra Kai is coming out, uh, I think, later on this year. Is that correct? Or is that in 2021? I should have checked that before uh, I started talking about it. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well, it's supposed to come out sometime soon. Get ready for it. It's a fantastic trailer. Watch it if you can. Uh, let me see the ending if it gives me the idea of when it's uh, it's coming on Netflix soon. That's all it says. Coming January. Coming, so coming January. Next month. Oh, It'll soon. That is soon. For you guys to, to watch. And so you have time to catch up uh, there, Mike. And uh, Mike, time to catch up. Yeah, you can bring back yeah. Vincent D'Onofrio for that Ventures and Babies. There you go. Oh, my God. Thor. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about some possible. Yeah with him in just a little bit all right uh let's get into some stream labs here that people sent in alan smith he said hey geek buddies i would go to the theater so much more if they showed less trailers and just got the movie going sooner give me two or three trailers and i'm good especially since you can watch trailers online am i wrong also sup kalinowski great to see you what, what do you get what's up buddy yeah, I think Kalinowski and I have the opposite opinions on this one, given our head shaking. So, yeah, well, I know what you're going for, Mike. And for me, like, and again, I said this AMC, I love AMC, but you got 25 minutes from the start time to the time that movie actually starts. 20, that's like, because yeah. you got commercials. Yeah. I'd say two or three good trailers, you're gone. You're, yeah. you're golden. That's it. Get them get in, get them out. I, I do like trailers, but they're available online. You know, give two or three, that's it. Get to the movie. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, AMC is guilty of it. They, they, man, 25 minutes before yeah. that film starts. And that's as, as a precedent of people showing up late to films, walking in late. It's like, no, the movie starts, the doors closed, get in there. Let's go. Yeah. As, uh, as our friend Jonathan Gabay says, <laughs> the Arclight has two to three trailers. The Grove has three to four trailers. AMC has 373 trailers. They <laughs> do. It true. sucks, but. It's true. And a lot of times, it, you know, it's not stuff you want to see. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. But that's All why right, I, like, I like going to screenings at AMC because there's no trailers. I just go oh. right to a screening. Nice. Rare time I get to go to an AMC. It actually starts on time. Every time you've ever taken me to a screening, the one thing that makes me sad is that the movie just starts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always like, I'm like, oh, just like, give me like two. Because like, I'm the guy also 
that like even when like it's a Star Wars trailer or a Marvel movie trailer that I've already watched 30 right. times on my laptop, I still like watching it on the big screen. Yeah, I don't I know. Agree. I'm weird. I don't need to see like Trolls 5 trailers yeah. Yeah. that they you throw in there all the time. But I get it. I get it. I don't. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. By the way, speaking of Jonathan Gabay, he's dying laughing right now because he just joined the live show right as we started talking about how AMC has too many trailers. So there. He didn't hear me. See? He didn't hear my Mike Vogel doing burpees? He oh. didn't hear about that. Oh. I guess that works. I guess that works. No, I don't even. I don't have any response. I have no response to this. You're a pink tank top with like short shorts. Your balls are hanging out the side of it. <laughs> what is happening? Okay. I don't know. I don't know if I'm offended because that's such a fashion don't, or if it's homophobic. I'm not sure which one, but on some Be level, I feel like that's no, offensive. No, no, no. You don't get to throw that at me. <laughs> not with me, you don't. I share a bed with you. Comic-Con. You shut your mouth. Uh, Alan Smithy donated again. He said, great to see you too, Michael Vogel and Roca. There you go. Jesus, I wouldn't feel left out. Thank you, Alan. Appreciate it. Good to see you, brother man. Uh, AZ Badfish. Oh, thank you, AZ. Very kind donation. Happy holidays to the Geek Buddies. I love this show. First time I caught it live. I'm super jealous of you guys. Big group of friends. I can't even find one friend to go to the movies with. And Vogel, the theaters, and the Vogel theaters sound fun as hell, but way too expensive for me. Yeah, Listen, you'd have to you get a lot of bang. You get a lot of bang for your buck. It's elitist I'll, bullshit. I'll throw in. I'll throw in a free vodka soda with purchase. <laughs> ah, there you Tito, go. Tito's and soda. You don't even give vodka. You don't even give Tito's. You just give them vodka and soda. Now Tito's. <laughs> right? no, it's a, it's a bottom shelf. It's a bottom, bottom shelf, shelf vodka. Don't don't tell anybody. Don't yeah. tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap! Wow. Uh, Green guy twenty nine. Thank you so much. What an incredible. Uh, what incredible donation. Thank you very much. How kind of you to send that. I hope that's correct. So just say <laughs> thank you very much. You can rescind it if it's not correct, but thank you so much. Uh, I'm okay. I, I can't reveal it. I'm just blown away. Uh, One billion dollars. I wish. Uh, which bad spider? Uh, this is from Chris Miner, real quick. Which bad Spider Man villain would you like to see return in Spider Man 3? Topher Grace's Venom or Paul Giamatti's Rhino? Minor, can we table this discussion until we get to the main topic? Because we're already an hour into the show. We got to wrap this thing up in about four well, minutes. So, uh, yeah, what? Let's get uh, let's get to the Spider-Man costume so we can get to the or the Superman costume so we can get to the Spidey stuff. Yeah. All right, Mike Kalinowski, take it away. Yeah, this morning dropping. We got that TV show coming out, Superman and Lois, starring Tyler Hoechlin. I hope I'm saying the right Tyler Hoechlin and yep. Bitsy Tulloch. As Lois Lane is kind of the new version of that from Greg Berlanti on the CW Network. Uh, you know, we got Heidenberg, Berlanti are the producers on that one. And uh, they dropped the new costume, which I didn't know was dropping. I didn't even think about it because they've been real good about, uh, you know, keeping stuff under wraps. They are currently filming. But I saw that this morning, Daily Planet in the background. And I got to say, I, my first reaction was like, I absolutely, I, I typed right away. I was like, damn, he looks good. And then I was like, oh, let me fix that. That might come out wrong. I says, damn, he <laughs> looks good. I think he looks great. I yeah. think this, this looks so much better than that Supergirl suit that he was wearing. I did not like that Supergirl suit. I liked him in it, in the role. Um, yeah. But this just, people are, you know, and there's complaints already. We got complaints. It's the S is too small. The cape is this. This is this. That is this. Mm. I'm like, it's Superman. We've seen 50 million iterations of it. There's only so much you can do with it. Yeah. We're going to see 50 million more eventually. The guy looks good. He's good in the role. 
you know, I'm hearing great stuff from the set. People are saying that I know that uh, work on the project is saying it looks really great in motion. Yeah. Like that was a big thing. It looks really great during a lot of the, fl- the, the, the sequences uh, when it moves on camera. It looks really good, too. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I, what are your thoughts? Because I don't know. Mike, you got, I'm sure you got thoughts, Mikey. Yeah, Mike. I didn't look. I think it looks good. I, I like him as Superman. I liked him on Supergirl as Superman. Uh, I do think the suit this suit looks a little bit better than um, the Supergirl suit. You're what right? happened? Whoa! You're right. Yeah, I'm getting a trailer somewhere. I'm getting a lot of. Oh, you must have clicked on a link or something. So oh. it happens. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry that, there, guys. Yeah. Okay, I had like buddy. a. I literally thought I thought Roka was like playing some mood music for me underneath, <laughs> and I like, got really confused <laughs> what was happening. No way! I'd get stri- You get a strike on the video. No way! I'm ever. Done. Uh, no, I. Uh, I think he's great. I think he's great in Supergirl. I'm excited about this show. Uh, I didn't have a huge issue with his costume before. Like I said before, when we were talking about actors playing the roles, like. As much as I am in animation and a comics fan and everything else, when it comes to like redesigns of costumes and different things like that definitely is an area that bothers me less or I I pay less attention to it than other people do. So I think the suit looks really cool, but I'm mostly just excited about this show. I mean, I'm excited about everything we've heard about. It sounds like it. I I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I, I like her. I didn't like her at first, to be honest. I think in the first crossover where she showed up, she I'm, I'm a really big Lois Lane fan, so I get very picky about my Lois Lanes, and I didn't love her at first, but uh, I liked her a little bit more as time went on. And I also feel like, to, her, to be fair to her, she wasn't given a ton to do. Um, and what yeah. I do think is good about this show is as much as I love a good Superman story, I love a good Superman villain story. Like I really like Lois and Clark stories and it feels like this show is going to give us a little bit more of a balance of those things. So I'm very excited about this show. I think we talked about this before as this is sort of the beginnings of like the Arrowverse 2.0 or like the DC right. TV universe 2.0. Yeah. Uh, and I, and so far everything that we're seeing coming out of it, I'm really intrigued by. And because I'm... I kind of fell off on some of these other DC shows, I feel like this is a good time for me to sort of dive back in. Yeah, like I, I really kind of fell off with Batwoman, uh, but now all of a sudden, and I'm, am I saying it right? Is it Janik, Janika, Janikova? I, I'm not pronouncing her name right. She's been doing a lot of Instagram videos, like with her costume fittings and stuff, and she's right. that's got me really excited for that show, right. uh, what they're doing with that. And and I heard some stuff in the pike that I cannot talk about uh, that's coming that I think fans will be very happy about that's coming on that show. Um, but like you said, John and, and Mike, this is like CW 2.0. Of, of, it's kind of like like. DC Comics goes through these rebirths and, and all that yeah. stuff around that. And I think it's really exciting. I think, yeah, I'm very excited for this. Javicia Leslie, I think is who Javicia, Javicia. I, I apologize butchering um, her name. And I will say this. I mean, like, I'm no fashion, you know, anything like that. To me, I, I, I look at this and I go, it has shades of the uh, Brandon Routh. It does. It has shades of the design, the kind of like almost almost Aquamanish sea mermaid kind of feel to it that is reminiscent of the Man of Steel uh, 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 Superman outfit. So I like that it's a combo of a lot of things that have come before, yet uniquely its own thing. And so for me, it looks good. It does look better on him than that uh, uh, Supergirl uh, Superman outfit. Yeah. I not like that as well. It's way too, I'm not a fan of collars that hang down. I'm just not a fan of it. It drives me nuts. When yeah, I and his cape like clipped like here and they had the big collar. <laughs> right here to show your chest off even more so this looks great he's looking great in it yeah and i hope it uh i hope it's a good show I, you know like Got these I, two uh these two fashion police on either side of me over here yeah. collars and cape clips i think i'm allowed i i think i could be I a bit of a, a comic book costume expert i think i've got uh, the steep knowledge to do it 
Uh, and you know, it, it's got a little bit of, and I'd say what you will, it's got a little bit of Cavalin. That's I, a little bit of Cavalin. I really want the, the shading in the blue. It's a little Cavalish. I want yeah. Mike Kalinowski to be the Tim Gunn of superheroes. I'm really, that's, now <laughs> that's say, a show. That is a show I would pay money to watch on HBO Max right there. I'm yeah, down hey. with that. I'm absolutely down with that. Gotta come with it. Can, can, we, can we show it? Can it be a show at uh, Vogel Vision Theaters? Oh, yeah. Oh, are you back on board in Vogel Vision now? Are you into it? Part of it, I'm gonna, if I'm going to be an investor and I've got a stake in it, maybe. All right. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, maybe we'll talk about it. Offline. We'll talk about it offline. Can he tear the S off like a huge cellophane? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Superman is super, Christopher Reeves' Superman is the best, and it's so true to the comics. It's true to the comics. That S, and when he made multiple visions of himself and just disappeared, and he didn't really kill Zod. Zod's still alive down in the man of in the in the uh, fortress of solitude. He's still alive down there. He didn't kill him like Cavill and Superman killed him. Wrong. All right, let's move on before we get to go. Yep. All right, we have uh, 200, uh, 290 of y'all watching us right now, but only 124 likes. Please uh, hit that, hit like, that like up, guys. There. I'll do more. I'm Michael, not good. I'll do more Michael Vogel burpees. Yeah. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Yep. Please stop. <laughs> I'll actually physically do Michael Vogel burpees if you fuck, if like you hit it up idea. that high. Let's I go. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, and uh, Lois and Clark is oh, wait, no, Sorry, what's it called again? What's the show? Superman what's the show? and Lois. Superman and Lois. That show will be coming uh, soon from the CW, as Michael said, to the 2.0 there. Seriously, you know, they've, they've cut some stuff. Some people. And, uh, look, I was watching an episode of Supergirl the other night. I really enjoy Melissa Benoist. I miss her. I don't want her to go. I don't want her I, to it's, go. It's just a shame to see her go, but I'm hoping. I like her a lot. Great stuff coming for her down the road. You know, yeah. she's actually really. I really uh, like her. Talented, self composed young woman, and the way she spoke out a, about the costume and had them change. It. Yeah. She's really great. I interviewed her once. I got nothing but great and, for her, so I'd do nothing but cheer for her. They've got to keep because I heard Diggle's coming back. Yeah, like yeah. even though shows were canceled, they're still in the world. So I think we've right. not seen the end of her. Yeah. Diggle's got to come back and be like, "Let me tell you something about yourself. <laughs> Let me give you an inspirational speech right now. I never believed in anything, but I believe in this right now. I'm Diggle." I love Canada. I love Canada. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we'll get into the main topic, which is the Spider-Man casting rumors and all of that happening. So we'll just take a break for about five seconds, and uh, we'll be right back uh, right after this. Are you are you working out or are you like doing like a song? What's happening I'm just there? To, uh, oh, think about who it is. Michael Vogel doing workout. Is it a song or is it a workout? Oh, probably God. both when it's you. Oh, yeah, I mean, I got like the theme song. You probably got the soundtrack to Soul on. You're like, <laughs> oh yeah, you might have already that already, Mike. Balls yeah. hanging out of your short shorts. Oh, whoa. tank top. I will. I, I will verify. Do... He does not wear short shorts. He wears yeah. shorts, but they're not short short shorts. Listen, this is the I, in fact. Yeah, no. Let's move on. So, thwip, thwip, baby. Thwip, thwip. Do it. All right, uh, real quick. I'll just give a real foundation and we'll go. Uh, a lot of rumors coming out that I'm getting this from Collider's Jeff Snyder. Of course, there are other outlets who spoke about this or claimed to have uh, claimed to have broke it first and all of that. So I don't want to, I don't know who broke it. So, uh, uh, but I'm taking this off of Jeff Snyder's article. Uh, there is reports. There is confirmation somewhat that we're getting a lot of people from the former two Spider-Man franchises coming back. The biggest one that was announced a couple of days ago was Alfred Molina and not, and then 
It got topped with all the news that broke uh, yesterday and this morning that uh, Kirsten Dunst has agreed to come back. They are in talks with Tobey Maguire. They're supposedly in talks with Emma Stone. Andrew Garfield is apparently coming back. And uh, Charlie Cox now was rumored this morning to be possibly coming back as Matt Murdock. They had toyed with the idea of making it She-Hulk to be the lawyer for Peter Parker, but they have moved to the possibility of Charlie Cox. And that is supposedly in motion. So this adding on to already Jamie Foxx coming back as Electro and uh, a couple of these other uh, things happening in this new Spider-Man situation. A lot of people already like, wait, it's way too many people. And then people yeah. are countering saying, well, Kevin Feige has done it before. Then as we were about to go on air, a lot of reports started dumping, saying, jumping out saying that it was, these are going to be just cameos. You're going to be like multiverse, Spider-Verse, all this kind of thing. Bogle, I go to you first. On this, what's your feeling about all these people supposedly coming back? And do you think this is their answer to DC doing this for Batman? And is it too much possibly uh, fan service here? John Watts is back to direct as well for this one. So I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm not, I'd have to go back and like, well, okay. Backing up before we get to the the, the sheer number of people, I, I'd have to go back and look and see when did Marvel announce that Doctor Strange 2 was called Multiverse of Madness? That was at Comic-Con, not this past July, because there was no Comic-Con, yeah. but the Comic-Con before. When did, when did DC... It, there's a very... There, I'm not sure if DC decided to go full Flashpoint first, or because like really, once they named Doctor Strange's movie the Multiverse of Madness, it really does seem like they knew the direction they were going in. Maybe they didn't know how far they were going to go, but... Uh, it seems like this whole idea that whatever, you know, it, whatever was originally planned with Spider-Man 3, that they were like, look, Doctor Strange is coming into this movie. The multiverse is going to go crazy. That's why we're going to get a Doctor Strange 2 multiverse of madness. So mm -hmm. it seemed like they've been planning it for a while. And it was just the, you know, can we get everybody? What are we going to do? I mean, and then obviously when Jamie Foxx was announced as coming back as Electro and we were talking about it, we're like, well, if he's playing the same character multiverse is definitely possibility in play and now it like you know pretty much seems all but confirmed i am excited about it okay. cautiously okay. i think i share everybody's concerns about like it's it's actually like it could go bad in two different ways and i don't like either way like if it's just cameos like if we have all this hullabaloo about a multiverse and we see andrew garfield swing by for two seconds kiss emma stone and that's all we get and then we see toby mcguire and kirsten dunst as an older peter and mj and that's all and it's just like a two second thing i feel like this is kind of like a waste it's kind of like it's kind of like what the crisis on infinite earth thing was on the CW where it was like, it's cool that we saw all this, but it doesn't actually apply. So if you're gonna go down this road, I want them to actually go down this road and have this be important. Yeah. Like have the fact that we have three different Spider-Men in one movie be, an, be part of the story the way that it was in Into the Spider-Verse. But at the same time, this is a fuck ton of characters. Yeah. And yes, Civil War should never have worked either and they nailed that and Avengers Endgame worked and right. that it, all rules of comic book movies are you shouldn't be able to this should fall under the, under its own weight and Marvel is one of the only places that has consistently put this many characters in a movie and made it work so if anybody can do it they can but uh but it's definitely a uh a cause for concern Mm -hmm. And actually, really quick, sorry, I know I've been talking a lot. And the other aspect that I think we should address here is 
there's already a lot of movie. I mean, the Charlie Cox part of this is when we last left Peter Parker at the end of uh, Homecoming, no, Far From Home, um, he was outed as Spider-Man. Like that, like a superhero being outed and everybody knowing who he is, who Aunt May is, what school he goes to, like that is enough of an issue to support an entire movie. Mm -hmm. So now we're gonna go into a Spider-Man 3 where the entire world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. They think he killed Mysterio and attacked London and the multiverse is opening up and we're getting Doc Ock and Electro and all of these things. So the idea that there's a lot of story that you have to navigate is big. Uh, But again, Marvel's one of the only studios that's consistently pulled this off. So I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt. Hmm. all right yeah yeah I'm, i think the same with mike I, I know a lot of people are like well look at civil war it's like yeah but civil war had nine films or whatever to build up to this yeah. to to that and spider-man was in it he was not going to be in it originally they had a plan for him to not be in it so it was like he was kind of and if you take spider-man out of civil war the film does not change at all mm-hmm. the same film yeah. um this is a ton th- what changes about civil war if spider-man's not in it mike yeah, so uh, I didn't look uh Steve and tony still go forward they still break up at the end of the film yeah. they still it could have been any character in that role like hey i know this person i can get to help our team out you right. don't Spider-Man get a couple of very funny lines thank you okay there, <laughs> there it is there it is um i think and and i love i'm i'm a like i know people don't like it but i love toby mcguire and his spider-man films and yeah. i did like andrew garfield i think garfield and emma stone their chemistry is some of the best chemistry of a, of a couple on screen that we've seen i actually agree with that because they were actually i think that is true yeah, yeah i think so like you said is it going to be a cw crisis thing where it's just cameos and it's cool fan service or, but on the other hand, it's like we got into the Spider Verse, which was so well done. Yeah, um, but we don't have I, Lord or Miller involved. In I know, this. I know, that but it's if I can trust them. But on the other hand, it's like I'm kind of like I just want Tobey Maguire to be. I mean, not Tobey Maguire, Holland to be Spider Man in Manhattan. I yeah. just want Spider Man. Like it's like okay, first film was hey, I'm Tony Stark, you know, living his shadow. Two was I got to live up to Tony Stark, and this is that Tony Stark. And now this one, it's like hey, all these other Spider Mans. Just let the guy be Spider-Man in his own film, dealing with his own crap. I think like, that's a yeah. I think like, that's a fair point, Mike. Because the rumors are yeah. they're bringing in Doctor Strange to essentially take the place of Tony Stark to be the next mentor for Tom Holland for his yeah. partner. And so once again, he's not really standing, which is odd because Tom Holland can very much stand on his own. As Absolutely, a he's a very talented actor. Peter Parker has just as much energy and charisma as Toby or Andrew did. I would argue more than Andrew, to be honest with you, uh, in my opinion, but not more than Toby. He's great in the role. But he's great in the role. Absolutely. People fell in love with him. They felt like this was finally the Spider-Man they remember from the comics, from what they grew up in. And that was great. And now you bring all these people in. I don't think it's as bad as people like, oh, it's going to, you know, push down. I think they're going to be small cameos that are going to be, but I bet they're all going to find a moment to kind of like tip the hat or hand the mantle over fully uh, in a way that like makes it clear that he is the spider. Remember, this is the last Spider-Man that is going to be under Marvel's control at this point, right? They may sign, they may sign him again and make a new deal, but this sends him back to Sony. So if you create these multiverses, then anything is possible. But as he goes back to Sony, 
to find his way back to the MCU down the road. So for now, I don't mind this as much. It's a great way to hedge their bets. It's a great way to introduce uh, these people back into the Spider-Man universe. Great way for fans to enjoy it. And I remember when this was like never a possibility. And so it's right. incredible that studios are open to bringing back these former uh, stars of these well, franchises to have some fun for a little bit. Yeah. And I think you have to give it up. I mean, uh, there's a lot of reasons to give it up to into this into into the Spider Verse, sure. uh, just because uh, for a thousand reasons, it's one of the greatest animated movies. But uh, they 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 took that risk and introduced the idea of a multiverse. And it worked so well for them. Yeah. And it did not confuse audiences, which would be a very common executive concern. Like, this is going to... The hardcore geeks understand this, but your average moviegoer in middle America is going to be very put off by this. And that didn't right. happen. And I think that between that and DC doing what they did on the CW with the crisis stuff, like, I think that we now live in that world where, like, a multiverse is a completely good thing. I was sitting here thinking, as, as you guys were speaking... Like how to navigate this story wise, like how, like all, because like you don't want to be too much like into the Spider Verse, you don't want to be just cameos for cameos' sake, like Crisis. You've got to like find your own way. You know, I think to your point about this rumors uh, that Doctor Strange is going to be Peter's new mentor. I think look, Peter, the way that they've built him as a character in these movies is he's not ready to be the hero on his own. Like he consistently is like, he just wants to live high school. He wants to be with MJ. Like he's very much a kid in high school and they played in that way and it's worked really well. And given the Avengers who are left after Endgame, you know, Doctor Strange is basically his neighbor. So going to Doctor Strange and being like, I don't know what to do, particularly because I've just been outed. You don't really have a superhero persona. You're just Doctor Strange. Like, there there seems to be a very natural shit just hit the fan in my life. I don't know what to do. I need an authority figure who understands this world to help me. So I, I, can, I can see them getting there pretty quickly. Yeah. And I do kind of like the idea that as he's trying to, like, keep his life together for whatever reason it happens every fucking villain who's ever fought Spider-Man in any reality comes... Like, there's definitely a classic Peter Parker Spider-Man stories work when it's like, my life as Peter Parker is in the shitter, and I need to fix this, but P.S., I have to save the world at the same time, and I'm usually going to end up saving the world at the expense of my personal life. Like, that is how most Spider-Man stories work. So there's definitely a road. It's a tightrope. But if you can balance the... I have Daredevil over here helping me with my legal case to like prove to the world that I didn't do this while I'm also fighting a bunch of villains and I'm going to need the help of some other Spider-Man at the end of the day. Like if they pull it off, it's going to be the fucking coolest thing in the entire world. But that is a lot of story and characters to juggle. That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And are they going to set up Sinister Six? A lot of people are seeing that in the chat or asking that in the chat. And I saw that all over the social media uh, earlier today as well. And uh, someone giving uh, the spy- the Ponyverse a little bit of love here. Did Equestria Girls did the multiverse thing first before Spider-Verse? Is that true? Uh, I mean, really just two universes. <laughs> I mean, we basically, I don't know that we did. Did we open up an entire multiverse? Like we had Equestria and then we had the uh, human Equestria high world. Uh, but, uh, but we did have a lot of fun with it. So yes, thank you for the call out. And uh, 
as as with most things My Little Pony, it was very apparent throughout the entire production and watching all of the series that there were hardcore geeks working on that show for every Star Wars reference, comic book reference, and multiverse reference. And we definitely did have a lot of fun having some very, very deep conversations about how the world of Equestria High and the world of Equestria fit together. So 100%. (laughs) Now let's let's move on to the next part of this, and I know we got only a few more minutes left. But this <clears> idea <throat> of Charlie Cox now—if this is real—and he is. Remember, we were talking about it. I think a week ago, we yeah, talked we about possibility. Now it seems like it's moving. And remember, these are rumors. Not a lot of this has been confirmed. I want to make it very, very clear. But I love talking about. it. I know other shows get all pissy about rumors. It's fun to talk about. It's great. That's what the show is. Sitting around in your basement talking nerd shit. That's what- <laughs> here so like don't be so judgy about it and so we're kicking around this idea if charlie cox is really coming back to this i saw already people are like well does this mean jessica jones we want her to Kristen right. come back. we want luke cage to come back there are nobody wants iron fist to come back but everybody else wants these other pieces to come back is that a possibility here now if you open the door to uh to matt murdoch is foggy right behind is karen right behind deborah wall who's fantastic as Karen, is that a possibility you guys would like to see kind of introduced here through this film? Yes. Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah. I, I think that, I think yeah. that my, well, I think that like, I was kind of just thinking through it and it's like iron fist aside, let's just put that over here. Yeah. Uh, I, the, Jessica Jones, great Luke Cage, like everyone who was cast in those shows was cast so well and did such a good job. Any issues you might have, like, we, we've we all have, oh, it was 13 episodes, right, right. the middle got a little dull, this got a little draggy, but I really liked how it ended. Like, there, there's, there's always the things that we critiqued about the shows themselves and how they worked, but every actor who portrayed those characters, Iron Fist aside, uh, was great. And if I go to see a Spider-Man movie, and I'm just, what I was picturing is, Peter walking into uh, a law firm and it's foggy and it's Matt and it's Karen's, you know, like, like if that, if they were all there playing their parts and we introduced them in the Spider-Man movie uh, as Nelson and Murdoch and he was like, I need help. And I, you know, so-and-so recommended that I come to you. They said you would get it or whatever you do. And we saw those characters like, it's the, it's the same thing that Mandalorian is doing so well in Star Wars, which is anyone who's watched those Netflix shows would go, holy shit, I just got a nerd boner. But if you've only ever watched the Spider-Man movies and then you found out this guy was secretly Daredevil, you'd be like, okay, cool. Like, if they can do that, I think it would be great. I think it would, I'd rather have them do that than just pull Charlie Cox and ignore everybody else, I think. Yeah. What about Kingpin? D'Onofrio, does he come in? I mean, you gotta have D'Onofrio, right? It... When we did Spectacular Spider-Man back in the day at Sony, uh, I think we talked about this when we did the Spectacular Spider-Man uh, reunion show, uh, Marvel, the Marvel-Sony rules were very specific and Fox was over here and we really wanted to use Kingpin because he is such a great Spider-Man villain and we couldn't because he was at Fox and he was Daredevil. And Greg Weissman had some great ideas uh, and we ended up sort of just replacing Tombstone as the character in Spectacular Spider-Man that we wanted to. But that being said, Sp- Tom Holland going up against D'Onofrio, yeah. with or without Charlie I mean, Cox at his side, would be super cool. It's so funny cool. to me, and I don't know where this comes from. Mike, maybe you can help me out with this. I've always viewed, and I've always thought of Kingpin and Daredevil together. And I don't know if it's because that's from the 80s, where that's where I started comics, was in the 80s, and Spidey really didn't deal with him as much in the 80s. No. It was like, it was like Born Again, yeah. all that stuff with Kingpin. Like To me, Dare- Daredevil like is Kingpin. 
Yeah. I, I agree with Spider-Man. You. Like that's I, I agree. He's the Kingpin of New York. And yeah. Spider-Man is New York. I get that. But but Kingpin started in Spider-Man comics, I believe. Okay. Like, like, right. like that's like Kingpin started as a Spider-Man villain. Okay. And Spidey went up against him, Kingpin of Crime. And when you read Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man arc, yeah. he does the same thing in the Ultimate Universe. He goes up against Kingpin. When Kingpin and Daredevil became the thing that they became, yeah. you're 100% right. That is magic. Like, I don't think that Kingpin is Spidey's no. Lex Luthor. I, I no. agree. Like, it's Norman Osborn and Peter right. Parker is Osborn. that. And the reason that Kingpin, when Marvel made their deals with everybody, got lumped into... Uh, the Daredevil pile is because he has become the core villain for Daredevil. Like Matt Murdock yeah. and yeah. Kingpin and, and Wilson Fisk going against each other is the, the that is the team up that you want to see. That being said, as Peter Parker is dealing with everything he's dealing with, and he's dealing with uh, you know if Michael Keaton gets out of jail as the Vulture as right. Tombs and joins up, and you've got Doc Ock and you got these things dealing with someone who's a little bit more of a calculating, clever villain like a Wilson Fisk would be a really interesting dynamic to see. Would it okay. be dangerous though? Because it would give you shades of Spider Verse again, because you know Lee, Lee of Shrine yeah. voiced Kingpin as the main villain in yeah. that. Well, and like, don't get me wrong, I am not saying I am not saying they should do that in this next movie. Right, right. right. They've got enough going on. I'm just saying down the road. I could see. Yeah, that. not in this film. Down the road, I think like yeah. when you said Vogue, uh, Matt Murdock, no Daredevil. He goes to Nelson and Murdock. There's Page, uh, Karen yeah. Page. There's there's Foggy in there. Um, yeah, I think that works good. I did it. I. I'm rewatching the Marvel stuff. I've got season three of Daredevil. Did they end up together at the end? Are they back together as the three of them? Uh, or are they just going to kind of bypass? I don't remember. I got, I got to watch it again. It's yeah, it's been a while. I'll watch Maybe. it again. But I think um, they absolutely being the lawyers for him works well. Yeah. More so than She-Hulk. More so than She-Hulk. Because well, She-Hulk, you'd have to introduce her first. Yeah. And it fair. just can't be Jennifer Walters. It's like, you got to. Daredevil, we got the hit. We know it's there. It's yeah. like Boba Fett popping up Mandalorian. We know the history. Yeah. I like this idea. What if uh, Ben Affleck comes back as Daredevil? Does he show up in the multiverse in this situation? And then Jennifer Garner runs in, and that badass Evanescence song comes on. Sold. Yeah, as long as they, as long as they use that Evanescence song, bring me to life. I like these. I want Luke Cage teeing up with Mahershala Ali's blade. Fuck yes, I'm down with that. Which would be uh, weird since Mahershala Ali was in Luke Cage, but yes, I agree. <laughs> and died. That's true. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could sneak in Dolph Lundgren, Ray Stevenson, Thomas Jane, and John Berthold as the. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! They're like a boy band. Oh God! We're the Punishers. <laughs> we want it that way. What if Jay Jonasson hired Jessica Jones to get dirt on Peter? I'd lose my shit. That's a great connection. That's a good one. Yeah, well, we have multiple Jay Jonas as well, who will be like, maybe there's a moment where J.K. Simmons is looking at three versions of himself. Is that a possibility? Uh. Kind of like we saw I don't know. the Michael holiday movie. Like Michael said, no. there's the, it's the endless possibilities are endless, but it's Feige doing what he does. So I yeah. don't have any doubt it won't be great. Wow. That's the, you know he just it just will. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. It you know I was I just watched as I've been going through my Christmas movies. Uh, I popped on Batman Returns, mm-hmm. uh, which I which I which I find a fascinating movie because parts of it are so cheese ball. And yeah. parts of it are so gorgeous, and part like it's it's a very interesting movie, but it's a Christmas movie. But I mean, that was the beginnings of like, is there too many villains in this? Like, people really love the oh, Michelle God. Pfeiffer story. Not everybody, and there's two, and well, three if you count Max Shrek. And then as you got into the further Batman yeah. movies, and it became like every one of them had it's two villains, two villains, and you were like, it's too many villains. It doesn't work. 
you can't do it. And that's where you sort of got into that idea that like you can't do too many and like every yeah. superhero movie. And then Marvel has come along and they just keep piling these characters into movies, but they well, do the it thing. so they do it here's so the well thing. and there's so much Go ahead. I, I mean I wish the Batman films would do this more. Is like look at Spider-Man Homecoming. You've got the shocker in there. You got Thinker in there, but they didn't need to be the focus of the story. And that's the right. problem with Batman. Every time a villain pops up, and I've been saying this, and I hope to, I, I, I don't know what we're going to get with the Batman, but it's like the penguin can be in your film for one scene. He's running the iceberg lounge. Batman pops in, he needs information, and he leaves. That's it. You don't need the infinite backstory on him. You can, the Batman villains and the Spider Man villains, they are the supporting cast. Yeah, that's his supporting cast. You give them one or two scenes, but everyone he needs to have the origin. I need to see his whole origin. It's like, no, you yeah. know, he's got some thing he doesn't understand. He goes to uh, Kirk Langstrom to find out what this yeah. virus that is. And that's well, it. So go. Marvel realizes that thinker shocker. We didn't get huge backstories for Scorpion in that movie. He's there, though. They populated that movie. Did it seem too many villains? No. Right. It's a lo- it's a long game kind of thing. Like yeah, the right. like the Scorpion thing is a perfect example. Like whether or not they use Scorpion and Tombs, uh, you know, Michael right. Keaton in in this movie, like because like he's there. Like I had to, I said that to a friend of mine. We were watching Homecoming. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's Scorpion. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, that guy. He yeah. in the comics, he becomes Scorpion. He does whatever. Like you didn't. It wasn't essential to know that for Homecoming, but he exists in the world now. So if you do get to a point, say in Spider-Man 3, where they, for reasons, bust Michael Keaton out of prison and Scorpion comes along, you're one villain closer to your Sinister Six without having to explain where he comes from or give him an origin. Like, he's probably more of your thug character. But if you got, you know, Electro and Doc Ock and Vulture and a Scorpion or a Shocker comes along, like, you're pretty much at your six. So it'll be interesting to see. I like this idea someone put up here. Where is it? Uh, wouldn't it be funny if Foggy Nelson and Happy Hogan run into each other since John Favreau was Foggy and Affleck's Daredevil? That could be a moment for sure. I always forget that. I always forget that he was. But yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah, it'd be funny. Uh, all right, we should uh, wrap up here. If there's nothing more to say about it, like I said, it's not confirmed. These are rumors, but they're fun to speculate about. Hopefully, it comes to fruition. Could be fun. John Watts is coming back, who directed the first two Spider-Man movies, to direct this one, and it's a hell of a task he's been handed. But having Feige in it, your corner helps you navigate this. Hold on, I, look, I, real quick. Someone in the chat, like I, they don't know what I'm talking about. Batman Begins. My point is this. In The Dark Knight, we we get the, the Chechen. Yes. You didn't need, they created this random character because they didn't want to put Penguin in there because they didn't want to give a backstory for him. The Penguin would have worked in that role. That's what yeah. I'm saying in the, in the Nolan films. Like, they created the Chechen. Like, and Gamble. Gamble, you know, Michael Jai White's characters. Like, yeah. they created these characters that weren't or, – or we didn't get Montoya. Like, or Bullock. We got Warts and Ramirez. It's like – they didn't want to go into like, well, why is this character? We got to fill out their backstories. Like, no, they're they, you populate the world. I, that I do agree with that. Actually, I mean, I love Dark Knight. I mean, it's one of my favorite yeah. movies of all time. But yes, a been a cobble of the Chechen, a, a cobblepot who was helping all of the organized crime bosses deal with their money. Yeah, would have made sense. A Montoya and a Bullock. Like, like I, I actually do agree with that. That I think that Marvel does a better job. And again. Mandalorian as well is doing this of of understanding how to drop a character in there that has a history that has a backstory that has something that fans will know right. in a way that is additive for fans but not a detraction for people who are watching it. So I do yeah. think that is Oh wait, we didn't answer yeah, Chris's question. Yeah. 
Chris Miner's question, which bad Spider-Man villain would you like to see return in Spider-Man 3? Topher Grace's Venom or Paul Giamatti's Rhino? Rhino. Come, Spider. Ah. Spider. <laughs> Why Come, am I look at my Rhino underwear? I would say I'm, I'm going to go with that because I think uh, they're both offensive villains to me. I think, <laughs> I think because Venom is so much of a – Rhino's kind of like a – a B tier Spidey villain and Venom is A tier. And so Venom being done badly is more offensive to me. And I would say as bad as Rhino was in the way they set him up, putting him around these other villains and kind of making fun of like, this guy's a fucking moron could actually play really well. You could have a lot of fun with this guy where they're all like, Paul Giamatti, come the on, man, fuck? Well, no, Paul Giamatti's great. That role and that accent were ridiculous. I know, but like, if you, but if you let him, if you let him lean into it, and you just had him be, and and everyone else is like, the fuck is this guy? Like that could be fun. Yeah, I, I, okay. I I don't want. I love Rhino. I think Rhino is a damn good villain in the Spider-Man universe, and to to play him for sure, just not what we've seen so far. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily like that. But I know we're. This is I know we're wrapping up, but I have a why. I'm actually curious. I know we're wrapping up, but like, why do you like Rhino so much? I, I, I like the fact that he, because uh, I like the fact that he's this big brute who actually can go toe to toe with Spider Man and not give two shits. He's essentially the juggernaut of that particular section of the Marvel universe all over again, and I like it. I've always enjoyed him, even from the the animated series cartoon, like way back in the day. Oh I enjoyed God. Whenever he showed up in the actual comics, I enjoyed watching any of the things with Rhino as well. Uh, Craven as well. I'm a big fan of the Spidey villains. I enjoy the Spidey villains a lot. Mysterio, I've always been on the fence about. But, like, I enjoy Rhino because he seems like a guy that's difficult to defeat. It means something when Spidey beats him. I've never, It's never radiated to me that he's stupid. And so I, I'd rather have it played as a, as a more formidable foe for Spidey than for laughs. You know, there are plenty okay. of other villains. You can play for laughs in the Spider-Man universe. Uh, yeah, in the comments, I was just going to say it. Uh, Grimish caught it. Rhino in the game, the, the Spider-Man game. He's yeah, phenomenal in that game. Right now, he's awesome in He's so game. good in it. Can yeah. can we have Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze in Spider-Man 3? No. no. Everybody chill. Everybody chill. I'm feeling horny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, work at all. Uh, all right, let's wrap it up here at 4.30. Thank you all so much for joining. I'm sorry we couldn't bring some of you in live. The show ran a little long, but definitely the next time we do a live, and maybe we'll do it next week, we will absolutely create time to bring you all in live to ask you questions. Thank you for the Schmobots and the Streamlabs. Oh, sorry, the Streamlabs and Super Chats. SEN Live. Thank you all so much for supporting the show as much as you did. And Green Guy 29 I'm going to give you 24 hours. If you change your mind, I'm going to let that go. But thank you if it was on purpose. So thank you so much uh, for all the contributions you guys gave us uh, today. It's much love. Thank you to Mike Kalinowski for sitting in. Well, Mike, please plug everything you got going on and where people can find you. Uh, Friday mornings, boys and girls. Uh, Mandalorian review show with myself and Christian Harloff over on the SEN Network. Nine thir- we're actually, we're going nine lately because we're going an hour because there's been so much to talk about on that thing. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing right now, my friends. That's what I'm at. And they can find you at Mike Kalinowski. At, at Mike Kalinowski on Twitter, guys. That's it right below me there. There you go. You the, only guy, the only guy I know with two Twitter handles. Hey, because I'm that cool. <laughs> you are that cool. You are that cool. <laughs> Everybody can join me for my workout videos from my garage every morning. Uh, I will be getting a new outfit. Uh, I'm going to get some short shorts. I'm going to get a pink tank top. Um, we're going to have a movie-based set list of songs. I'm going to start with What a Feeling from Flashdance. Uh, it's going to be great. All right. 
yeah, and you can follow Michael at MK Tune and all he's got going on there. You can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't forget, Mike and I and Laura will be back on Friday to our own Mandalorian review. It'll be on later on in the day. Uh, and then we're toying about the idea of doing our review live next week, the season review live, and answer all your questions and have and maybe have some of our own questions answered by each other uh, as we break down the entire season and the last episode next week. So look for that very, very and shannon will be back for that as well so the four of us live will be a lot of fun yeah. now you should all listen there's a lot of mandalorian easter eggs there's a lot of discussion so don't feel like you have to watch one or the other you can watch kalinowski's mandalorian review and you can ask watch our review and if you want to leave a comment saying which one you think is better like that's cool like you could totally do that <laughs> Yeah, I see you commenting on some of those, you son of a... Anyway, uh, <laughs> thank you all so much for joining us here. As uh, as Michael said, please leave a like, please leave a comment. After we're done here, it elevates the visibility of the show. And when people are looking for superhero shows or stuff about comic uh, stuff, they'll see our show pop as something to try. So we're building slowly but surely, but it's happening. So And it's big thanks to you all for that happening. So, all right, that's it from us. Take care of yourselves. Be well. Wear your mask. Uh, and uh, practice social distancing, and uh, come back and see us next week for another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.